Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Your Money, Your Life podcast. We are streaming live in your ears. I'm your host, Alano Soporu, founder of New Street Advisors Group. And we're back this week talking many, many things as there's been a lot going on in the news. There's a lot with New Street Advisors Group and our new venture as well. So thank you as always for listening and make sure you five-star rate, subscribe and review wherever you're listening and support the podcast. Um, and as always, I really, really hope you enjoyed this week's show. We have plenty of news to get to this week. So let's start with our market update. As we sit here this morning, we're about flat, a little bit higher on the day. The big data print that came in was the initial jobless claims this week. This came in at 353,000, slightly higher than expected by economists polled by the Dow Jones. And you know the, the economy is still growing. Uh, we're growing at the, the grow, economic growth total at 6.6% in the second quarter, according to the Commerce Department. And the big thing that the market and investors are anticipating this coming week is the ant is the highly anticipated Jackson Hole Symposium from the Fed Reserve, which will be virtual this year on Friday. Many central bank speakers will make remarks and it'll give us a little tell into how they're thinking uh, about the market, about the economy, about stimulus plans, tapering, any of those things that are super, super important to what happens to the market in the second half of the year. And they'll tell their, their thoughts on the progress of the economy. That's the big thing that we're looking at and, and how they still view inflation as well. And they're seeing a lot of different data prints and how it's being perceived by, by the Fed is going to be really, really interesting uh, to look at. And so that's kind of the big thing that we're looking at. The market's still trudging higher uh, over the last few weeks. You're seeing growth stocks come back to play. Tech come back into play has been outperforming the last three months or so. And so that's big. That's big for investors. And there's just, you know, really a big, you know, big couple of years here we've seen in the market that will more than likely push forward in the second half of the year, uh, as well as we saw that the Delta variant, the FDA fully approved uh, the vaccine. So we'll talk more about that in, a, in another in a later segment. But that's the big market update. As we shift over to the news, we talked about it last week a bit. But OnlyFans, that creator platform that has a lot of non-suitable work, uh, not for not suitable for work content on it, came out last week saying that they were going to ban explicit content on the platform. And the reverse course, they have reverse course in the last forty-eight hours, saying, and they originally said they were going to ban content of that nature because they were getting pressure from their third-party bank operators and payment. Uh, systems to do so. But now they're reversing courses after the outrage and the backlash, especially since a lot of their patrons, a lot of the customers on their platform and creators on their platform are people that do sex work or not suitable for work. From what I hear, I don't have a profile, not shaming anyone that does. But that's that's a big, big thing um, uh, for, for OnlyFans. So they reverse course and they said they're going to keep doing explicit content on the platform. Um, and so that's, you know, big for the creators, big for the platform, because pretty much they were, you know, everyone was fleeing to another platform for what I saw. So that's going to be a big, big thing to watch and how you can, you know, really their partners is be the ones that look like a MasterCard, Visa, and Discovery, and Discover, if those are the partners that were, they were working with that said they were pressuring them, 
How is that taken going forward with creators that want to put out whatever content? How is it looked at when you're looking at that, that holistically from all sides and stakeholders? So that's very interesting. It looks like the reverse course and we'll see what happens down the pipeline. They said October 1st was the time that they were supposed to suspend that content and now they're suspending the plan to suspend the content. So we'll see. And in more news, airlines now, Delta is going to charge unvaccinated employees an extra 200 per month for health insurance if they choose to stay unvaccinated. So that's interesting approach taken by a company saying, if you choose to be unvaccinated because of the risk associated for health, we're going to charge you an extra 200 per month in an effort to incentivize vaccination and also to penalize people that aren't vaccinated. Uh, that's a very, very interesting approach. And we'll see if more companies take that approach. More companies are pretty much saying, this all Goldman Sachs said, hey, if you're a client or if you're a uh, employee, you have to be vaccinated to come to the office. And a lot of people are having mandates, companies over, all over the, the nation, really. And I saw this coming. I saw this coming down the pipeline as far as, you know, it is the most way to keep people safe, uh, especially for the health experts that are they're telling us this information. So that's, that's what I saw coming down the pipeline, especially for a lot of corporate companies will probably mandate some sort of some sort of um, vaccination and or premium insurance pay on that. So that's really interesting. Moving over to tech news, you talk Google, Microsoft, all these little big tech firms are planning to spend billions on cybersecurity. There was a White House summer where Biden and President Biden invited a lot of these tech leaders over to discuss cybersecurity and what's going on in that space, which is really interesting. You saw uh, there was a Coinbase hack, essentially um, someone hacked some accounts and, and drain some accounts. I don't know who or group or what it was, but there was a Coinbase hack, which they hadn't been hacked. They were, the CFO was on CNBC, you know, a week or two ago saying, we've never had any issues or hacks. <laughs> Should have knocked on wood. Not too long later, they were hacked. And a lot of people, you know, pretty much lost their money. And well, the is bigger issue was a lot of these firms didn't, don't and still don't have in-person customer service, just email customer service, which is when you're dealing with people's money, again, I said, it just presents a problem. So people filed complaints because they couldn't get in touch with anyone. Emails take some weeks to, to go through um, and they're just sitting there on nothing. When they did get in touch with someone, they pretty much said, hey, there's nothing we can do, unfortunately. Now, I'm not saying that there's going to be more hacks. It's just the fact of life when you deal with any platform that could be you that get hacked could have been the, the company but it's just part of these platforms we deal with um but that's unfortunate for the people that did lose uh, on that hack more tech news you're seeing a tap to buy mania tiktok has launched shopping insta is launching shop ads now when you're scrolling on these social platforms they want you to shop they want you to buy they want you to see your favorite person doing what xyz and just buy right there in the social commerce area the social commerce space i feel like it's definitely gonna be a big space just just because the fact that you're having people spend so much time on social and you're really who you follow people that you in a lot of cases people that you admire people in your network or people that you admire and if you're seeing them doing something you're more than likely going to want to tap into that so it's a big space on the most instagram shop TikTok shopping we're going to watch that closely um, and see how easy you can be to convert social media into purchasing decisions um, and, and have people buy that's that's going to be really interesting to see how that converts airbnb i haven't talked about airbnb for a while 
shared space platform. I've actually never used an Airbnb, but I may. If you have, let me know how it is. I've never used it. The CEO just tweeted on last Tuesday that the home rental platform will temporarily house as many as 20,000 Afghan refugees. And they've asked a host to open up their homes to meet that goal. Airbnb will cover the cost as part of its nonprofit program, Airbnb.org, which housed up to 75,000 people in need since 2012. So I think this is great. It's good PR. It's good politically for them to do such a thing. And the stock raised actually on this news, uh, which has been a kind of a laggard stock since its IPO. So um, good for them on that front. As we spoke about a little bit earlier, the Pfizer COVID vaccine has finally received the full FDA approval, setting the stage for more shots. A lot of people that were saying, hey, it's not fully approved. I think now they're jumping in. Um, thanks to emergency youth authorization, there's been 201 million people in the U.S. that have gotten at least one back shot, and Pfizer is the first vaccine seen to gain full FDA approval. The first to get authorized for it was the first to get authorized for emergency use in December. Uh, stock moved up on the news, but it, it's really interesting. It's it's really important to understand, you know, that it was big news. You saw the stock market react accordingly um, just because it gave more certainty into our path um, to living with this, you know, deadly uh, viral um, um, pandemic. So this is something that, you know, was really interesting to see and really, really good to see, to be honest. So that gives approval um, for people and more more certainty for people that were maybe on the fence uh, as well. There is more ping-ponging on the fence for Prop 22, which is really a, a law that's being, you know, looked at by lawmakers. It's really looking at, you know, how gig workers, when it comes to Lyft, Uber, DoorDash, Instacart, how they are classified. Um, so in November, California voters overwhelmingly passed Prop 22, the ballot measure, which has classified gig drivers as independent contractors. But recently, it was reversed by a judge, um, and that's now being it's, it's being it's back up in the air. It's back up in the air. Drivers want full time. Gig workers want full time benefits, sick leave, PTO. Uh, they want to be treated as employees, and the companies, Uber, Lyft, DoorDash, Instacart, are saying, hey, we can't do that. We're already companies that run on a loss, pretty much, primarily all of them do. Um, a lot of them do. And now they're saying, if you add that in, it's just going to have more expenses to us, and we're never going to be really profitable from a earning standpoint. So this is really, really interesting to watch this battle go forth. This is specifically in California, um, and a California judge ruled that Prop 22 is unconstitutional and unenforceable unenforceable uh so that's really really going to be a continued battle um as we'll see down the pipeline so we'll see what ha becomes of that in the future if we shift gears here back to apples the 10-year anniversary of tim tim cook taking over the reins over apple um he replaced the late steve jobs and jobs was a creator he was a visionary he was a pioneer he, he did a lot of things to really he founded the company left came back and did a lot of things to really boost Apple to prominence. And Tim Cook has kept that legacy alive. Um, 72 million iPhones sold in 2011 versus an estimated 240, 250 million in 2021. Uh, it's the top selling smartphone in 2011. It's, it's excuse me, in 2000, currently. Um, and it, 
its value. It's uh, Apple hit a 337 billion market cap in 2011. Today, it's worth 2.5 trillion. Um, the most valuable company. Uh, their products are incredible, and Tim Cook has kept that legacy alive, um, which is impressive to do. It's really, really impressive for a large company to have the visionary, the star. I was reading the Tim, the Steve Jobs book, and literally he was kind of looked at as more in lore in Apple, especially, you know, across the nation, especially within the company, and then have that continue after his passing is really, really impressive. What's also impressive is a 31-year-old crypto mogul, Justin Sun, spent $611,000 to buy an Ether Rock NFT yesterday. If you're not familiar with NFTs, the non-fungible tokens, digital assets are growing uh, marketplace. And there actually was a, lure, a, a bubble pop over the last few months, but that floor is rising as a lot of people with extra liquidity are pouring into different end NFTs and raising the, the floor of certain things. Uh, it looks a little bubbly, but we'll, we'll see. But yeah, you're seeing a lot of people spend you know hundreds of thousands, even millions to buy certain non-fungible tokens and collectibles and digital assets that really, like I said, it's just the value that other people see in them. Um, so it's really, really important uh, that people just kind of watch the space and understand what's going on with it. There's a lot of trading going on in that space. That's it. That's our news update for this week. Uh, following up in a roundtable, we'll discuss New Street Ventures Group and what we have going forward with that launch. Gather round, gather round, folks. We are now in our financial roundtable where we discuss fun financial topics. This week, we'll do something a little different. We're going to talk about the launch of New Street Ventures Group and exactly what we aim to do with New Street Ventures Group. And New Street Ventures Group is a private equity-based, seed-based firm that is going to be investing in seed stage companies as well as undervalued small and medium private businesses. Um, I'll be running this group, obviously. And it's really for New Street Advisors Group clients um, that have been doing the foundational things and have more discretionary income to look for different ways to allocate cash. And we're at that ability where we're able to allocate cash into different things. Um, obviously, nothing's ever promised and things are liquid in these type of areas. But they have high growth potential and high ability for dividend cash flow as well as, you know, down the line, big, big returns. So that's what we're looking at uh, with New Street Ventures Group. And what I, I really want to do is cause I saw from a lot of people, not just clientele, is is just people wanting access. And one, it's a hard thing to do. It's not an easy thing to do. But, you know, we're a group uh, and a team that is very well poised to do a lot of great things in this space. And so people wanted that and they're inquiring about it. And so that's what we're trying to give is, is we have the goal to give everyone the opportunity, um, equal opportunity, unequal results, but everyone given the opportunity to do things that fit their plan, that better their future, that better their goals and their prospects. And so that's what this is about. And, you know, how it works is really we're going to give people the opportunity to look at a deal by deal basis, meaning... You're not going to, you know, if you can opt in or out based on the certain deal and you'll have a memo that just says what it is and what we're planning to do and kind of basic metrics um, and people can opt in out of out in or out of certain deals. Um, and people that opt in, you can be in the deal, especially if you're a new street client. The allocation 
for these deals, it's first come first serve, but if you're a new street advisors clients, you'll be ahead and priority above someone that does not have any money with, with new street advisors group. Um, and we're looking at all sorts of things. We're looking at seed stage startups in different areas when it comes to FinTech, creator platforms, social media marketplaces, sports, AR, AI, and virtual reality, VR. We're just looking at a lot of different businesses that have high growth potentials. And we're looking at private businesses as well. A lot of private businesses um, that are undervalued, um, that aren't high growth, but you know are doing well. They need someone to come in and add some operational expertise. Um, and we're looking at that as well. So it'll be deal by deal. Um, and everything will be due diligence done by me and my team. And, you know, those opportunities will be out there for people um, to assess once we get to it. And those people will get an email explaining, you know, what we're doing um, and what opportunities are possibly down the pipeline. But it'll build deal by deal. We'll assess and we'll gather around the, the potential people ready in each deal. And we'll, we'll go from there. But it's really, really exciting because I think this is really what the next one of the next pillars for new street and how people are thinking about it so this is super exciting for the people that have been following this journey for the last year and you know six seven months uh wait yeah last year and nine months really um so this is super important for us uh, especially as minorities to to really be able to have agency um, and not have to worry about this or that and we're having agency and taking control of what we're doing and rather you know, waiting for someone to hand us something, which, you know, a lot of times it's begrudgingly. Uh, we're going to make sure we do our things that we need to do to better ourselves in our position. So that that's what it's about. More to come on is the website is up, newstreetbg.com, newstreetbg.com. Check us out. If you're building something interesting, send a note, drop a line. We'd love to hear from you. Um, if you're a potential investor, um, also love to hear from you and we explain our process and how we look at things as well. So that's a great, great, you know, opportunity. We're really, really excited about it. You'll be hearing more and more about it. We're assessing some things now uh, that, that look really, really attractive and, and we're assessing these things, doing our diligence on them. So you'll hear more about this down the pipeline, but really, really exciting stuff. Question of the week, folks. We got it back. Question of the week. The listener says, I have, 250, I have a $250,000 mortgage with 24 years left on the loan. So bought six years ago. Should I sell stock to pay off the mortgage before I retire in a few years? And I have $1 million in my 401k and $1 million in my company stock. I will have to sell stock to pay off. So Louis says, I'm 60-year-old. As we recapped, I have a two hundred fifty more. 60 years old, I have a $250,000 mortgage on my home. The home is worth roughly $950,000. The mortgage payment is $2,800 a month on a 30-year loan. The interest rate is 3.875%, and I have 24 years left. I live in a high-tax state, so taxes are $1,200 per month. The home is in good shape and needs no major repairs. I plan to work until I'm 67, so seven year, some more years to go for this individual. The individual will have a pension of 8K per month and now has a million in 401K and a million in company stock. And I will have to sell the stock to pay off the house. Should I pay the mortgage now or wait until I retire? Thanks. This is so interesting. I always hear these questions, people, about debt, mortgage versus keeping money invested. Um, and it's the biggest, one of the bigger questions that everyone has. Um, a lot of people have said before in the, in, the, in the prior times, like, oh, pay off all your debt, pay off that, no, have your debt, never have debt, all that stuff. It was taboo to have it at, at that time. But 
that was because interest rates were super high. If you look back at historical interest rates, I mean, just ever done that before, take a look back. They used to be very, very high. But now we live in a world where there's low interest rates. You can borrow money so very much more cheaply relative to when you used to. And so if you look at that versus the returns on the stock market, right? This person had a million dollars invested. Let's take a net return of capital appreciation of 10% just to, to look. An extra $100,000 compounded annually, possibly just on the you know 401k and stock, um, different things this individual has. So you're losing the opportunity costs. Obviously, if you pay off all pay off a loan, you have you'll save on interest, but you're losing opportunity costs of having that money being compounded, investing just in the market. Um, and you could always make that change later on. So I'm always on the sense of if you have income still coming in, this individual can pay off the loan, pay off the mortgage with that income and make those payments and still keep their money invested to compound. That's how I look at it. There's obviously different strokes for different folks, but um, it's a really interesting question. That's one that we see often. So um, it's really, really good to assess uh, depending on what your plan is and what liquidity needs you may have. Well, folks, that's it. It's been another great episode. We're really excited for things in the future. Make sure you tap in or send me a message if you need to discuss um, your plan and, and getting you know, linked up with what we're doing, the great things we're doing at New Street. We really appreciate you listening. Talk next week.